Hello there, you Awakening Wonders. Thanks for joining us today. If you're watching us on YouTube, we'll be there for a few minutes before being exclusively available on Rumble because obviously this is a time where we have to be supported and we have to be incredibly cautious about the way we talk about a omni-crisis across the world where there is so much suffering, so much conflict, so much doubt. We have to be very, very specific about what we say and your support is absolutely invaluable to us. We're talking, of course, about the ongoing crisis in the Middle East and America's potential role in arming the world. 50% or 57% of the world's autocratic nations have been sold arms by the American military-industrial complex. Additionally, we're talking to Larry Sanger, one of the founders of Wikipedia about how Wikipedia exemplifies the trend towards censorship from open source and collaboratively achieved information. Time now to introduce Larry. Larry, thank you so much for joining us today. You must have started Wikipedia as I'm imagining a fresh-faced idealist full of potential and possibility, believing that Wikipedia would become an open source of knowledge collaboration, perhaps creating a consensus around a variety of complex topics. Can you tell me how Wikipedia changed from the vision you originally had to it and how it can be used as a kind of thermometer for a changing global climate when it comes to establishment intervention, censorship, authoritarianism and centralization? Uh, you ask a very big question. So let's just take the first one then, um, basically how it changed. Um, you know, when it started, there was a very robust neutrality policy. Um, articles had to be balanced. Many different points of view needed to be able to be stated and and they were actually in the first several years i mean it was already starting to lean left because that's how most of the contributors were but still they made a real effort um and over the next 10 years and really solidifying by about 2015 um the the left had had continued its march through the institutions one of them uh, now one of the the dominant institutions of big tech is Wikipedia itself. And and so by 2015, um, it, it, it shared in the same sort of um, outright bias that you see in, in um, uh, you know, the mainstream news media. So they, they wear their bias on their sleeve and they have for the last several years and it's this is particularly clear for any of the issues that are that you know that we like to refer to as the narrative or whatever the current thing is um so as i say around like maybe 2016 when the brexit debate um was happening and and uh, donald trump's first election that I think is is what really made the switch for the major news media, and I think that at the same time is is what what kicked the bias of Wikipedia into high gear. So I could say a lot more, but. I have a bunch of questions based on what you've already said. It, with social media sites like Facebook or Twitter, now X, it's understood that these sites can be used to form consensus through communication. And we're aware as a result of the Twitter files that 
deep state agencies were sort of embedded within Twitter. Certainly they were spending money. They were directing content. They were preemptively asking for certain types of content, even true information to be suppressed. Most of our audience will be familiar with those practices now. But when it comes to those social media sites, they're communicative tools that create a consensus around news. Wikipedia is a different type of resource. It's not a social media platform. or It's in fact the only one of the top five that isn't, I suppose, other than Google, which encompasses different types of social media sites, I suppose. Uh, so can you tell us, what is the distinction? And post-Brexit and Trump, how did you see that neutrality being impeded upon? Was it because of intervention uh, of uh, deep state agencies? And can you give us a couple of examples of, of topics that were that previously been collaboratively and somewhat objectively conveyed, becoming more biased and clearly subject to, as you say, a particular narrative? It's, uh, I have cited a number of, of examples um, on uh, in a series of blog posts, um, and it's it's hard to pick one, especially because um, uh, after I make these blog posts, they'll go to the articles and try to clean them up uh, to some extent, so they're not quite as embarrassing to them. Um, but you ask a very interesting question, um, uh, basically. Uh, what is the difference between the uh, the techniques used for information control um, by uh, you know Twitter and and Facebook and uh, Instagram whatever and uh, and on the one hand and Wikipedia on the other? Well, the, I think the difference is um, for for X or or Facebook they are literally throttling the views that that they don't want want people to share i, I myself i i used to have a, a a blue check um but um i i now have less traffic than i had before i had a blue uh, before i got my blue check um on my posts and this back in 2019 and so it's it's really it's very interesting to me um, now, on on Wikipedia, on the other hand, uh, it's it's actually much more straightforward. They simply don't allow certain points of view to be uh, to be introduced. Now, from the from the outsider, um, or or even people who are who who are you know working and not even thinking about what's going on behind the scenes. Um, it, it's it, what it looks like is just a bunch of random people who are anonymous, mostly debating on on what's called the talk page of Wikipedia, negotiating about what the article will be, and just a whole bunch of people who are really, really left wing or really, really because um, it isn't necessarily the left, right? It's the establishment. It's the establishment left mostly, um, and and they are all. Um, you know, pushing a certain point of view. And if you try to to give voice to any sort of, you know, skepticism of, about the jab, just for example, mm. um, then then uh, they will shut you down and block you. Um, and, and that's but I think what's going on is that 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 um, any number of of prominent uh, players, in the media landscape, and by that I I mean not just you know I'm, I'm not talking uh, about the uh, you know network anchors or anything like that. I'm just talking about whoever 
is influencing the media, whoever cares. And that includes especially like PR firms and quite frankly, um, a, a variety of government agencies that that make it their business to direct these things, as we have learned in the last couple of years, especially in, in the the uh, the Twitter files. Right. Um, hope your your uh, uh, you know viewership is is aware of the Twitter files. Yeah, we are. We've had uh, Matt Taibbi, Michael Schellenberger, Barry Weiss, uh, David Zweig, all of these people come on our show and very much inform our perspective on how deep state agencies and corporate interests have co-opted big tech, how there's been a sort of formation of new elites, how the online space essentially could be conceived as a new territory opening up, much like the discovery of what was somewhat dismissively regarded as the new world, which was subsequently being colonised by various sets of interests. The once organic space that afforded the advent of Napster and the changes that that created or the Arab Spring has necessarily become co-opted and controlled in the same way that we would have assumed and did continue to assume that legacy media outlets like the BBC, CNN, ultimately see independent media now as their competitors rather than one another. We understand that there is an agenda, that the function of the legacy media is to amplify the agenda of the powerful and normalise the agenda of the powerful. And they increasingly are encroaching on the spaces that afforded actual dissent, independent thinking, independent conversation, their publishing of counter-narratives. I suppose what's interesting about Wikipedia is because it was so successful and effective, it became the de facto resource for everybody from school children to, well, let's face it, media, uh, like new media, like we look at Wikipedia still. And I suppose there's a difference from looking at like Henry VIII and like, oh, no, was he six, did he have six wives and seeing potential inflections that might not have been available to the Tudor philosophers uh, imposed by more modern perspectives. And that's, you know, that's all part of progress. And that's interesting and exciting. But if you can't say, why did Pfizer, why were Pfizer afforded an indemnity agreement? Why are they not publishing those results for 75 years? What is the relationship between vaccine injury and myocarditis? How effective and what clinical trials were conducted for children and pregnant women? What are the studies that suggest that, that, bre that breast feeding women can safely take the vaccine that is where you're precisely where you're saying there will not be open conversation and again the coronavirus pandemic is more a lens rather than a unique whilst it was unique in many ways i primarily myself have started to regard it as a opportunity to see how institutions and power always function where do their interests converge and how are they trying to establish new elites now recently larry perhaps you we had on the show dr robert epstein You've maybe heard of him and the studies he does of Google activity and how new and how reality is ultimately curated, cultivated and imposed through Google's ability to manipulate um, ultimately news feeds, I suppose. Now, is it true that Google makes significant donations to Wikipedia and and as a result are able to manage and control the rea reality? Because I suppose the way I see Wikipedia, you know, it's a pretty simple and obvious metaphor, I suppose, or at least analogy, is like it's like 
like a library. And if you have control over what's in that library and what's not in that library, you control the knowledge base itself. You are able to, that's why we live in this siloed and bifurcated cultural space is because half of the world are not gaining access to any counter narratives. They're receiving hyperbole and bombast and consuming it as facts. In particular, what is the relationship between Google and Wikipedia, and what is the uh, and is it true that there are paid consultants managing Wikipedia? And so, how is it ultimately that financial interests are managing the information you see uh, in Wikipedia, particularly? Right. Um, well, I, I think Google uh, has has contributed to Wikipedia in a couple of different ways that are really important. They ha have given um, millions of dollars, but Wikipedia gets you know, tens of millions of dollars per year now in donations from various sources. Um, so it's, uh, I, I'm not, I, I'm not sure that a, a really significant amount of that um, comes from Google, uh, but it, it doesn't matter because uh, Google's main contribution by far is the massive amount of traffic that, that uh, they, they send to Wikipedia, um, and and there is uh, you know what what internet theorists have called for a long time the long tail of topics, um, and and Wikipedia. If you wanna if you wanna look uh, up a, a, an article about I was looking at this Civil War general um, Sylvester Morris or something like that, um, and and uh, there's there's only one encyclopedia article about about this. Uh, this civil war uh, figure, um, and it's from Wikipedia. Um, you, you won't find a, a separate standalone article about about that guy. And there's there's literally millions of topics like that Wikipedia that Wikipedia has the only article about. So, and uh, I noticed back in the beginning, back in the day, um, how uh, each month, because it happened on a monthly basis, the the Google uh, bot would come through, and and um, it, it would, uh, uh, you know, um, spider a new set of articles, and we'd get a new. Uh, influx of traffic and a new influx of editors as a re as a, a result, and th that that pattern continued on for years and years. So, um, as as a friend of mine likes to put it, um, Wikipedia is the encyclopedia that Google built, <laughs> and I think there's something to that, um, and it's it's very sad. I, I have to say, Wikipedia is not the only encyclopedia out there. And uh, th there is, I hope you're going to ask me that there uh, about the solution, because there is a very clear solution. All right. Well, Larry, it would be quite remiss and almost unbearably recalcitrant for me now not to say, Larry, hold on, watch me do this because I'm a professional. Larry, this is very difficult for me to listen to almost inducing despair. If only there was some sort of solution to this centralized, authoritarian, highly censored and cultivated space. Is there? There is. There is. Um, I'm that's going to... That's all we've got time I, I for that's... today. We're going to have to... Draw... <laughs> that's a joke. That's a little... <laughs> Matt, I'm part of the problem. <laughs> That was funny. Okay. Yeah, you were you were a comedian before. That's right. Okay. I guess you still are. All right. Hey, so um I don't tell you how to build encyclopedias. Don't tell me how to do my job. 
<laughs> All right. Well, you made me laugh. All right. So, um, uh, yes, the, the I think it's like this. There are a lot of other encyclopedias, and if you do search for um, for articles um, uh, for encyclopedia articles on any topic, even Google will still give you articles from other encyclopedias. Wikipedia is usually the first result, right? But if there are more, and especially if people are going to other sites more, Wikipedia, I think, will not be pushed as heavily by Google and other sources. So, so there's a couple of things that we need to do. I talked about the long tail of articles. All of you people out there need to start writing encyclopedia articles, and you need to start putting them on your blogs. And I mean about like that Civil War general, the long tail. There are a lot of specialized topics that you have knowledge about that other people don't know things about. You should be writing encyclopedia articles about them and putting them on your blogs, and you will... And we actually have, so when I say we, I mean the Knowledge Standards Foundation, we have a plugin for WordPress that will allow you to push an article that is only on your blog to the Encyclosphere. And what the Encyclosphere is, uh, is a, a free collection of all the encyclopedias, or at least that's what it will be when we're finished collecting them all. It takes time to collect them all. We've got 35 encyclopedias. We're going to be doubling that number soon. Um, and, uh, so, uh, Encyclo Reader and Encyclo Search, those are two different encyclopedia, um, search engines and readers. Um, you should be using those instead of Wikipedia if you want to look at Wikipedia. In fact, we, there's another thing that we do. We have a, um, a plugin for Chrome or Chrome-based web browsers like Brave, which is what I use, um, and uh, if you do a search on any topic that is in the encyclosphere, um, which is most of them now, um, then it will it will come up with some search results above the Google results if you're using Google or I think DuckDuckGo, um, and and uh, and if you click on those results or if you click on a wikipedia result inside of the inside of the results it will instead of going to wikipedia it will load the article directly directly in your browser right so um and in in other words it will grab it through a, a, a web torrent network you won't even visit their website you your none of your traffic will be logged so and this is possible now right because well we've been working on the, on the technology Okay, here's another thing that you you uh, badly need to do. We we really need to start doing this now. Um, we we are complaining about the bias of Wikipedia articles, right? Well, we can fix that. We can rewrite the the Wikipedia articles. There is, uh, in fact, a a big, I think, well managed um, organization. Um, it's not a big organization. It's a big project. It's uh, it's a major new project called Justopedia, as in it's just an encyclopedia, um, and uh, they they have forked Wikipedia, um, and they just put the articles up there for you to edit and make your own versions of, 
um and it's uh it's really great and and soon um the the justopedia articles will also be automatically included in uh the encyclosphere so um I don't think that people are going to start using like Encyclo Reader or Encyclo Search anytime soon. But if we organize all of the other encyclopedia uh, encyclopedias in one giant database, that's what we are doing, right? And then we make it available to other search engines, like Brave, for example. I've I've talked to the CEO of of Brave, Brendan Ike, um, and he's interested in using our content. Um, I, I, I shouldn't say our content. It's not our content. We are simply aggregating the content from all of these sources. That will essentially make a unified but decentralized network of all of the encyclopedias. Wikipedia is in there. It's included in there. But it, it's all of the encyclopedias. And of course, the whole is greater than the part, which is just Wikipedia, right? I like the phrase unified but decentralized. That's a flag I can march under. Also, it's very surprising to see that you're a kind of a real life Neo navigating the matrix, organizing renegades, trying to create rebellion against centralized information. And in a way, Larry, it seems like you're reviving the spirit of the early internet, where there was this kind of utopian moment that everyone's collective knowledge could be shared, that communities that were geographically disparate, but shared an interest could form, that actually the necessity for authoritarianism and centralization is itself diminished by the ability for communities to come together around what might might be regarded as niche issues. In a sense, the advent of this technology could be used to, in a, in a way, I suppose, enhance our anthropological origins as a tribalized but not necessarily oppositionist and conflict-strewn society. There was a time where there was true diversity, where we wouldn't expect people in Iceland to have the same culture as the people in Senegal, and we would glory in the truly distinct cultures around food and religion and ideology. And now there is this homogenizing force that doesn't, while yep. un ma masquerading as, like, we're interested in diversity, we're interested like when even when people use the term like left i think well is it about dis distrib redistribution is it about the real support of various communities or is this actually authoritarianism like i'm sure you're familiar with martin guri's analysis that the terms left and right are becoming almost redundant as a new dynamic between centralizing authority establishment authority and peripheral dissent is becoming the root. That's why there are these extraordinary alliances. That's why someone like me, I, I'm, more, I'm more inclined to think that Donald Trump is going to provide a solution than I would Joe Biden, even though I think what's really needed is massive systemic change to the kind of... And now those kind of things can be openly discussed. You could have... Even though what you're undertaking is a vast enterprise, it alludes to and infers an even greater possibility for decentralization. How significant do you think those principles are, in particularly what you said, unified but decentralized? Do you think that's something that could be mapped onto political ideals? Is that something that you, because it, plainly it's an ideal of yours, so if it, a, a real ideal is like a, is a principle, and principles can be applied almost universally? Um, yeah. 
I think so. It's it's interesting. I remember um, I, I, I was once asked to speak to the intelligence community back in like 2008, and they were asking me, um, uh, you know, would it be possible to create a uh, a, a wiki uh, for intelligence? Um, and that's what that is actually kind of what 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 you just said made me it it it's uh, immediately brought that to mind in in other words there is something about the notion of of uh trying to organize uh organic uh naturally occurring behavior that militates against freedom okay um so uh, let let uh, let me say this though before i I try to attack your question in a different way. Um, it, I, I need to say this. Um, I think some of your uh, viewers might be worried that by collecting all of the encyclopedias, unifying them, as I say, that that we would then be giving them all a single neck to shut off uh, to to cut off. There's, absolutely not the case. In other words, we're not unifying them under any sort of management. The The thing that unifies them, this is the important point, it's a technical point, all right, um, is that there is a uh, that there is a standard for encyclopedia articles now. Uh, we, we call it the ZWI or zipped wiki file format. So all of those encyclopedia articles that I described have been represented. They have been captured in the uh, in the ZWI file format, and there's also a standard way of of organizing the uh, the articles in a database, so that different organizations that manage different. Uh, uh, aggregators of uh, different collections of encyclopedias they can they can exchange articles um uh, via these files all right it's it is the fact that there is a, a a technical standard that no one is in control of that everyone sort of agrees to use organically right um that that is the thing that 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 enables um freedom on the internet. The reason I'm going on this, I know it sounds very wonky. I know it sounds like irrelevant and, and merely technical, but it's not. This is the core of the issue. This is the core of the issue of internet freedom. And a lot of non-techies don't realize this, but I'm telling you, it's the thing that enables freedom and always has on the internet, the thing that made the internet free in the first place were standards okay and and i mean technical standards communications standards and when there are standards well that means that you actually have to build clients that connect with a network which is necessarily amorphous and existing in many different places and uh so for example we we have two different aggregators started by two different uh, two different programmers using two different programming languages, and they are exchanging their files 
between them. And we're encouraging others to, another guy wrote one out of the blue, not part of our organizations, uh, of our organization, I should say. Um, so uh, I, the the thing that we need to be doing, the, the real solution here to the technical problems actually involves um, things like, I'm not saying that blue sky is the answer. It probably isn't. And there are other, other things, but blue sky is an example of the sort of thing that I'm talking about. So blue sky on, on, in uh, uh, social media is this project that was started um, by the, the former CEO of, of Twitter, right? Jack Dorsey. Um, and uh, it, it basically aims to enable people to host their own data, right? Um, to host their own lists of followers and uh, and people they follow um, so that you could actually have, uh, you could own your own presence online and, and uh, interface with, with others um, via uh, standards. Uh, so even the Knowledge Standards Foundation has started um, a, a project like this, and I'm not saying that that ours is the best solution either, but we use the RSS standard. We we actually are built on top of the blogging network, right? It's a it's and so it is actually a plugin for WordPress. That's the sort of thing that I'm talking about. In other words, if you if you really really want decentralization online, and if you want to make uh, that that a reality, then you have to adopt standards and you have to adopt free clients that are easy for grandma to install um, uh, that plug into those networks. If you just start creating alternate websites like Rumble, for example, that's just another, it's just another competing centralizing force. So um, now, okay, to address your, your question about uh, you know, how cognate concepts might be developed for politics and government. Um, I mean, it's called freedom, right? I mean, uh, I would think rather that uh, we are taking pre-existing political concepts, self-determination, um, freedom, individual rights, um, and applying them to the sphere of tech, basically. So I actually think it goes the other way around. We're, I, I don't propose to innovate um, uh, uh, politics. I, I mean, I'm I'm a uh, conservative liberta libertarian, conservatarian, con conservatarian as we call them in the United States, right? Um, so, uh, but I mean. Um, you, we must not lose sight of the fact that um, so much of our governance now takes the form of of technology. Right? We are uh, the the policies that something like Twitter more directly affects my life than uh, a thousand laws passed by Congress or Parliament or whatever. So. It's interesting. It, in other words, the technology policy is it matters a lot. That's yeah. 
I, yeah, I understand, Larry, what you're saying, and I can see where these ideas mesh together. Ultimately, there's a requirement for standards and principles and that those have to be indefatigable, enshrined and clear. And when you start to culturally mess with ideas like freedom of speech, of free speech, then you facilitate and, and now through technology are able to execute forms of previously unimaginable tyranny. So what you're saying is the principles that preceded online spaces have to be applied in them and there has to be a consensus around what they are and you've explained to us very lucidly and clearly what the tissue is that connects these ideas, that there are ways to govern these spaces that are in alignment with values that we used to consider to be important. We still claim that we consider important, but everywhere we see them trespassed against. Larry, thank you so much. Is there, before, um, before we leave, uh, what is the function of the Knowledge Standards Foundation? Is, there, is, there, is this something that's beyond what you're describing in terms of the, aggreg the aggregation of these various uh, encyclopedia, or is that part of that same deal? Well, um, we've got a lot of different things going. Um, we, uh, but yeah, the most uh, important task that we have is to aggregate all of the encyclopedias, make them available via search engines and readers. But even that is isn't as important as simply aggregating them, making all of the data available, and then and encouraging developers to build on on top of that, and and in order to uh, again have a decentralized but unified collection of of uh, encyclopedias that together is greater than Wikipedia. Larry, thank you for being so clear about an, a subject that's very, very important and sometimes so vast it's difficult to contain without anchoring it to a simple principle like freedom. And the phrase uh, unified but decentralised is one I remember for a long time. Uh, thank you for joining us. I hope that you'll come on again and talk further about some of these principles and ideas, will you? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And send your send your uh, viewers, please, to uh, encyclosphere.org. The name of the network is the Encyclosphere. So it's called encyclosphere.org. And there you will find links to Encyclo Search and Encyclo Reader and our other projects. Yeah. Couldn't you think of a name that was more difficult to spell? Why don't you call it Encyclosphinx Establishmentarialism? Christ, Larry, let's focus on the marketing. We can see what Jimmy Wales was doing in that operation. He was making it manageable. <laughs> People complained about Wikipedia too. So what kind of name is Wikipedia? Jeez, nobody's ever going to like use that. That's like you're dooming it to failure. So I'm not worried. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thanks so much for joining oh. us. We're going to post a link in the description to many of Larry's endeavours, each of which is more difficult to spell than the last. On the show tomorrow, we have Dr. Asim Malhotra, the man for whom this sign was invented. When he starts talking, it's very difficult to stop him. Why don't you click the red awaken button and support us? Because you know what we're going to do? We're going to ensure that conversations like that one, unified but decentralised, are continued. Wouldn't you like to see Dr. Robert Epstein and Larry Sanger together talking about how we can radically use the internet, how we can free ourselves from these colonizing and centralizing forces. Also, as well as that, there's extended interviews, meditations and readings, 
ideas that are going to change the world. Your voice. How is your voice going to change the world? You just heard from Larry there. Your principles are important. Some voices that have some voices that have joined us include Matt Z, Matt Z, GJ two three three five, Kelvin zero, Wastler B, Evo J, and the Rugged Nerd. Thank you for becoming Awakened Wonders. Thank you for supporting our voices. Join them. Join us. Join us again tomorrow, not for more of the same, but for more of the different. Until then, if you can, stay free.